0: Well, hello everybody.
1: Welcome to episode 400 of Wolves Fancast. Now, I can't believe we're here either. Why people have kept listening, I've no idea, but thank you very much for listening, Uh, if you are still after three seconds. We're at the Leechgate pub in the city centre of Wolverhampton, and we're here for episode 400. If you're a long-time listener or a first-time listener, welcome to the show. Uh, Andy and Matt are with me to start me off. Hello, Hello, gentlemen. How
2: are you doing on this crisp Friday evening? It is crisp. It's very crisp, but the gin is helping, I'll be honest. Good. Good. Have you
3: got a beer coat on?
2: Yes. Well... Gin like, coat, but a gym yeah. coat, nice. <laughs> now, there's been a lot
1: of conversations of recording of uh, other po- wolves podcasts in the minute, and then what's happening is everybody says, "Oh, you know, you just like uh, people, you know, sitting in the pub doing a podcast," and I think. Yeah, that's what this episode is, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so we, just thought, so we thought, you know what, let's get out of the office, let's um, get in the pub, let's have some drinks and do the episode. Because it's always orange squash, and sometimes you get a bit sick of orange squash. Mm. So
3: maybe let's have a beer instead. Well, I'm glad that we're on first, and while well, we're two pints in, as opposed to potentially eight or nine yeah, pints that's in, right. yeah. uh, you know, there's going to be no liable lawsuit landing on our door, I wouldn't have thought.
2: Well,
1: <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, So, on this podcast, we're not going to do stuff that's been happening recently in the week. It's a winter break, if you're listening for some reason, months into the future. So, we're not going to talk about Thelwell leaving or Man United or the January transfer window. Because everybody knows what's been going on by now with that one. So, instead, we're going to do something called the story behind the story, where there's been key moments throughout the last 30 years at Wolves. um, And we want to hear fans' versions of those memories, of those points of view, because we might have watched the game live, we might have watched it on the telly, we might have had to follow on teletext and be nervously, anxious, sweaty hands, (laughs) waiting to see if the score updates, but we want to kind of talk about what memories there were, and things that people didn't realise happened to them when that game was going on, because everybody would have a different point of view. So we're going to do that as well. We're going to try and get some fancast memories as well for those die-hard long-term listeners as well, who well, I'm sure listening into their drives today. Um, so, yeah, and we might get a couple of old-school people on the show as well at some point. chance, uh, we're going to talk firstly about one of the most iconic moments in recent Wolves history, and that is the playoff final in 2003 at the Millennium Stadium. Wolves 3-0 winners against Sheffield United. My well, first question, Andy, just a yes or no. Did you go... To Menu Stadium and watch the game.
2: Yes, yeah, so I was there. Matt, yeah.
1: did you go to the stadium and watch the game? Uh, I did not. There we go, this is what. I and not. I didn't either, and I've got a story for that. Oh, wow. But, right, <laughs> so this is the point I was going to. So we did go to the game. What were your kind of memories of that game, of that day?
2: Well, I like going back before the game, actually, I, I quite remember. It was the first time I recall fans camping outside the Molyneux to get tickets. Okay. It was a good two or three days before they went on sale that people had set up tents around the, the ground.
1: It's not like now where you just sit in your pants on the computer waiting for the That's ticket it, line yeah. to open. Yeah.
2: But I'd sort of figured out that it was probably going to be released on whatever day that it was released on and I said to my mum, we, we need to get there early and get in the queue. So everyone else was like in their tents waiting, I was in the queue, I hadn't bothered queue- like camping for three days. I just rocked up at 6am before everyone else woke up. And they all come out of the tent complaining about all these people here for tickets, we've been here for three days. I'm, yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? It's terrible. So I remember doing that, then nipping over to Asda to get a, a bacon sandwich for mm-hmm. the morning. Nice. With brown sauce, obviously. <laughs> not barbecue sauce? No, no, brown no. sauce. Oh, okay. oh, not this conversation again. <laughs> we can't <laughs> start this, this again.
1: So you went to the new stadium, you had the day, yeah. and it was, I presume, like we all were watched or followed it, it was just as good as It was as incredible.
2: Arrived. I remember we'd parked just outside Cardiff and they were doing a, a ring and, not a ring and ride, but they were doing a, a park and ride deal. So we parked up, got on this bus, got into the city centre and we was walking through the city centre and all of a sudden I just felt this, I felt like a hand just slapping my shoulder and I thought, oh maybe it's my mum or my cousin. So I turned round to see what it was and then I realised that a bird had shit on me. <laughs> oh, my God. It's <laughs> good luck, though. And this is what I was told. It was good luck. and it, Because that season, if I remember correctly, Sheffield United had got to the semi-finals of the FA Cup and the League Cup. They'd had a phenomenal oh, season, right, okay. if I remember correctly. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a tough game, but... I'm thinking that, that bird shit was the bit of luck that put us through. If that
1: bird hadn't shit on your shoulder, That's what could have could have been different. What could Matt, how did you follow the game that day? What, did well, you watch on the telly? Did you follow it on Teletext?
3: What to give a bit of context, I've got to give a bit of context to this, unfortunately. Okay. So, back, I was 13, coming on 14 at the time. Uh, you wince, Andy, there, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was an unruly teenager. I was one of the greebos that used to hang out at the man on the horse. Uh, and or Subway so used to be an underage drinker uh, the man on the horse causing trouble and the like but it was really considered uncool in my circle of friends to actually be into football at the time because we were into like heavy metal and, and, <laughs> and, and wrestling and such and such football was not in our spectrum at all so I would used to go uptown about oh, about 12 o'clock noon um, I look to the oldest I look 40 now and I'm 30 so back then when I was 13 <laughs> I, I was old enough to get served uh, so we'd, we, I'd buy the alcohol for the day around, around midday and then we'd drink at the man on the horse cause trouble hang out skate and, and then that was it you, you, you were drinking um, um, carbonated beverages
1: weren't you carbonated yeah, beverages yeah, yeah. carbonated
3: yeah. apple flavoured beverages yeah. um, <laughs> apple tango's wonderful apple. Yeah. T- apple tango yeah. was just delightful back then yeah. um, and because of that sugary and we'd go and get that sugary yeah. high and then go home um, so what would happen is I went out. <laughs> I went out, uh, knowing the game was on. Went out to town, normal thing. Then ended up going home for my allotted home time. I am 13 at the time, and then trying to hide the fact that I've high on apple Tango at home, and then watching the game on what I think was 107.7. Well, listening on 107.7, the Wolf, I think it was at the well, time. yes, it was. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we had uh, Telly West. Digital was it yes, back then? Yes. That was so we did ITV digital was it? So I think ITV think digital so. went out of uh, commission the year before the, that playoff final. There's a certain generation will get all this. <laughs> so and I ITV digital, that generation. ITV digital went out the year before the playoff final, uh, and then I think it was on Sky this year, I believe, but we didn't have Sky. So basically, my my memory was listening to it on the Wolf trying to stay awake and trying to hide from the fact of my mum that I'd been half cut at about 3 o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon
1: see that game right so I, I had my first ever weekend job I was 16 and my sister had worked at um, a place called Gardenlands on the bridge north road she got me a job there my first job and I worked in the aquatic bit which is a fish bit basically right. it's a Um and that game came up and it was bank holiday and I just I don't know why I couldn't get out of it I don't know whether I had used all my holidays or whatever so I had to work and I was like oh, I can't believe i have to work my boss, you know, very kind at the time, said, look, you know, you've know, got to work, but uh, uh, when it's half-time, you can go home and watch. It's like, great, get in. So it gets to three o'clock. The place is dead. I mean, like, there's nobody there. And this is obviously, you, you weren't allowed to have a radio. There's no Twitter or anything. So I had no way to follow the game. So all I did was just pace. I was just <laughs> pacing everywhere. There was nothing to do. And I was like, oh, God, what's going on? What's going on? So it gets to around half-time, and I think I'm actually serving a customer. And my mum comes to pick me up and uh, she's got a smile on the face I'm thinking right is that a smile that we're doing well or is that a pity smile that I'm mm. oh, sorry son it's not going <laughs> as you planned so anyway so she comes up and I was like what's the score oh it's 2-0 my mind instantly thinks oh Sheffield United 2-0 and then it 2-0 what so get in the car as they get in the car turn the radio on they've just scored the third get home my, d- uh, my granddad are watching it and then, second half, Matt Murray, a penalty, and I was thinking, I've ruined it. I've jinxed oh, it. No. I've jinxed yeah. it. I've come home. And then, obviously, it carries on. I remember the rest of that game, my granddad kept going, oh, 12 minutes, they've got to score three goals. Oh, shut up, granddad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it always bothered me to this day that I never got to watch the first half and yeah. all the goals. Because, yeah. really, the second half, that was it. It was all done and dusted by after the Matt Murray. I think it's a universal opinion now. It was all done and dusted. Ooh. And <laughs> I remember just standing, but the full time we saw me and my dad just danced in the living room, having a big hug. It was, it was that moment, I don't know, we probably part of the same generation where you grew up and you always had those years of the playoff off semi-finals and losing and it was just that relief of we've done it, yeah. we've finally done
2: That's it. it. I was there at the Bolton and Crystal Palace, all the heartache, Norwich, it was just awful, constantly being let down at the last possible minute in these playoffs. and I remember at half-time being 3-0 up and still not feeling confident Yeah. Cause I'm, I vaguely remember us playing. I think everyone felt like that. Yeah. yeah. I remember. Man, um, I remember Sheffield United coming back from three nil down to draw in three all before yeah. against us. So even at that point, I was like, three nils not enough. And as soon as we conceded that penalty, I just thought, we're going to screw this up now. Yeah. And as soon as Murray saved that penalty, that was the first time I knew we were going to actually yeah. win this game. Mm. That's the. I think that's one of the few times I've cried at a football game. Was that penalty save? I was just like, "We're actually going to do this yeah. after all this time." There's no way we could screw it up now. Well, no, <laughs> it was, it was just utter elation. I've never felt anything
1: like it. I don't know whether you guys found it after full time because obviously I, you know, I was at home. You know, you and Cardiff, you were put at home as well. The next couple of days, if I dro- if I was with my dad and we drove away, there were always some kids on a roundabout with a flag. <laughs> Looking for people to beat the horns, and he used to be like, Yeah, dad, go on, beat the horn. But it was just a, like getting the pull out from
3: the Express and Star of all the pictures of people celebrating in the yeah. pubs and yeah. that. It well, there was, just was really um, good. so I lived at that, that time, living the mean streets of Whitmarines at that time, so <laughs> there was quite a lot of like in street kind of people were like out from the pubs, and like there was a party atmosphere around where we lived at the time after, after the game. Yeah, it was really, really exciting. The only thing I can compare it to is when. England won the Rugby World Cup. It was a similar kind of atmosphere around Wolverhampton and, and, and yeah. in Whitmarines at the time. Yeah. Really bizarre, actually, because I'd never really seen that around like where I used to live before, but people were kind of out in their droves celebrating. It was really, really something.
2: Yeah, I remember the drive back from, from Cardiff, and there was just this sea of people with their flags hanging out the window. It was just, it was just almost like the most perfect day. Yeah. The sun was shining, there were flags hanging out the windows, everyone had a smile on their face. It was like everything was right with the world just for that, that one brief moment. I'm going to ask what can I ask one question though when you were there and
3: you were celebrating did at any point it ever cross your mind thinking how will we do next season? God no. That, no. no no
2: didn't think twice about the future. You're in the moment aren't you? Yeah. yeah, it was very much we're here now. We've been waiting nearly 20 years to get to this point and we were finally there. And that's all you wanted was just to, to drink in that moment. My me- one memory
1: of watching it on the telly afterwards, and all the players celebrating, I don't know why, it's never mentioned, never seen anyone mention it, is the players celebrating on the pitch, and uh, there's a camera right by Nathan Blake. And Nathan Blake goes to the camera, he says something like, I've got two tickets to the show, baby, I've got tickets to the show. <laughs> and I think a player on the playoff game the previous day had done the same so I think he was copying it for some reason I always remember that I don't remember that why is no one remembered that no (laughs) sorry (laughs) the only thing
2: I remember was Sir Jack being pictured in the stand yeah yeah. just one of the most iconic images of our club and it will be for for a long time forever yeah yeah.
1: it's always amazing it was a fantastic day Mm. and that's what the show is about is trying to get these different angles you know whether it was me having to work uh, Matt. Well, drinking your carbonated soda at the Man on the Horse or being there, that's what we're trying to get out of here. We're going to talk about some more games. You're going to be back later on the show, gents, in a second. Yes. So we're going to pass over to a couple more people while I set up the next bit, of course. Uh, The next bit we're going to do is uh, a double-header of Forest in the 2008-2009 uh, season. Wolves won 5-1 at home. we really on, like on, come coming home. on coming. Oh, a bit of a lull. It's a bit of a lull. It's all got a bit quiet all of a sudden. Now, the now, the, now the now this is where the big boys play. This yes. is where these guys oh play. Oh uh, so, oh guys, we're just setting up the fact that we're doing the double-header with Forest. 5-1 uh, at home at the start of the 08-09 season, which was just like a moment where we thought, Hang on, I think we're, we're going to do this now. And then later on the season, we had the 1-0 away um, win against uh, Forest with Kylie's goal. That 5-1 win, really. Like, firstly, uh, Ride, were you at the game? I was at the game, yes. The game. Adam, were you at the game? I was present, yes. You were present at the game. From where you were, what were your memories of that game? That feeling
4: that, as the goals went in? I only remember one of, the go- one of all of our goals, actually. That was Jarvis... Sprinting like he does down the wing and uh crossing for Iwaluma, just smashing uh, top corner. I mean I think we were like falling up at half time, weren't we? It was rid- it was ridiculous. But do you know what? I mean everyone has like a game early on in the season where you think that's it. That's the confirmation. We're going yeah, up. Yeah. Like this, like for Nuno's year, it was when we beat Derby. Yes. Home. Yeah. This was this was like the one for me, and probably it was the same for everyone else. To be fair, we we, we played Forest. Absolutely obliterated them. to me, I just thought, that's it.
5: May as well just hand it over now. Just give us the title now.
4: It's it's done. <laughs> and I,
5: and I think that's the thing, really. I think it was it was early on in the season, and it was kind of into a way of playing where you had the defined wingers, you had Kitely, you had Jarvis, you had Alumo, uh, and, and Blake. And it was one of those games where you couldn't catch your breath because we were so, so dominant. So for me, as a start of the season, and I listen back to a lot of interviews now and about the, the players and they, they talk about how they, they were so on board thinking, this is our moment, we're going to have a good season here. And that was a clear indication against a decent Forest side that we absolutely tore them apart. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, guys, I mean, Jarvis and Kitely in his prime, and we'll come into that in terms of the season Sensation. highlights. But those two as, as, as divine wingers and a classic Mick 4-4-2 was, was fantastic.
4: I have to say as well, I, I probably, I'm probably not, not on my own with this, but how surprised I was with Iwilumo. Because yeah, yeah, when he signed, we signed him for about, what, 400 grand or something from Charlton, that was like for me uh, a rhetorical shoulder shrug he yeah. like, felt like he was going to be like a squad player yeah it's yeah. like well I don't really, wasn't really impressed with him but I think before he got his injury he was ahead of Ebanks Blake wasn't he with goal scoring yeah. and it was just it was, it was just amazing I think I remember like he got, he's got his break in the League Cup game didn't he and he scored twice and Mick just went alright in you go see so how you get on and Every go- every goal he scored along alongside E play. I mean that duo was incredible really. You know, up until yeah. I think
1: was it about Christmas time and then they had a bit of a we had that December period where we didn't win but stayed top for some strange reason. And they yeah. just they went off and then obviously after that they they carried on.
5: For me it was it was partnerships, it was Jarvis and Kitely as the wingers and it was those two up top who complimented themselves. And you're right, I think as, as we've seen with many players we've brought in over the years, with Uolumo, it was kind of like, he's a bit of a journeyman, did we really need him, does he really fit? But he was the perfect foil, and obviously he went on to an international call-up with a bit of notoriety with his famous sitter that he missed, And uh, yeah. but it, that was, I think he'll talk about as it, being the prime of his career, so... Yeah, we uh, there's so many highlights we'll touch on this season, but I think the Forest game, particularly at home, being so early, was a kind of like we're here, we've got a defined way of playing, and um, you know we're going to really be in for uh, contention.
4: I seem to remember us scoring all six goals as well. I think Stearman got a known goal yeah. in there. Yeah. Do you have any other memories of that game in particular, it from the stands
1: at all, or?
5: I think really in terms of that home game it was just a, a real feel like. I was sitting with my dad at the time. We had a season to get uh, for a number of years. We were in the Billy Wright stand, and I was like, "We're here. This is a, this is a team, you know. We he's, 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 you know we we were kind of faulted in the previous year, and it was like, yeah, we're on our way, even at such an early start. Really,
4: I think I just remember the save bank being just just overwhelming, just an over emotion, just delirium, really, because it was still relatively early in the season. We're all still in our t-shirts. Sun was out and we just a goal was being scored every like ten, fifteen minutes. Just ridiculous. And we just thought I think we're in for a good season here. I really do. 'Cause we had 'cause I think we that that game showed that we had got everything. We've got everything, the team we've got everything. And I just remember Goal after goal after goal. People just laugh. after the fourth goal went in, we're just laughing. That's just how, that's how ridiculously good we were that day. we were just just laughing. How good we were. See, I um I was trying to wrap my mind why I couldn't remember this home game. It was
1: because and it literally occurred to me about ten minutes ago because I was working. There's gonna be a theme with this podcast about where I was with some of these Wolves games. <laughs> I was working at BHS here in, in the city centre, ah, okay. um, and I was on lunch break, and I thought, okay, I'll check what the score is. Refreshing BBC Sport two 0 That's very good. Three nil. Bloody hell. Four nil. Bloody hell. What's going on here then? <laughs> and then. I'm when we, I think I went back to work, again it's that time where you couldn't really have your phones at work, and so that was it, and then as I was leaving work I saw some fans walk past, So what was the score, and I was like, it was 5-1, I was like yeah whatever, it was 5-1, I was like bloody hell yeah, 5-1, it was just yeah. incredible. The
4: question Dave is, what department
1: of BHS are you working in? Uh, I was working in the customer services bit the lighting department the returns oh, the rit- <laughs> <laughs> it was the returns no and the lighting. Light, so yeah. I, I always
5: enjoyed that walk through in the Mander center yeah, well. was you know what, were good walk it was the best
1: it was my last part-time job for I did full you know proper full-time work and it was probably one of the, it, still to this day it is probably one of the best jobs I've ever had the people there were great and I, when the news came that they shut down the whole bench I always felt sad thinking that was a great job I had. anyway we, anyway, c- we could, we could, do, a we could do a whole podcast like about the retail industry yeah. uh, don't get me
5: on more worse with the bigger <laughs> mix then oh we'll get emotional <laughs>
1: yeah. well let's move on to uh, the return leg of that and that was a 1-0 away win against Forest, Kiley with the goal and I know a lot of people say about the derby game that that was the moment that was right. we've done it, we're through but there was almost that sense with the Forest game that hang on a second I think we're nearly there now, Kiley gets this goal, gets the win
4: did you, did you did you both go to that game on that day? We both had a, a weekend in Nottingham. Ooh, and hello. Overnight. So hello. Not just us. There was about, but I think about seven of us went there. Oh, or, I thought or, it was going to be a nice yeah. uh, romantic Weekend. We all, weekend. We'll we all took Roy. over a, a travel lodge on the outskirts of town, and um, I remember that being like a really nice day as well. It was, I, it, yeah, like you say, it was getting on towards the end of the season. Really nice day. Um, we'll get on to the, the night out in a minute, I suppose. But uh, the match itself, yeah, you know, it wasn't. We didn't play the best, did we, but we found a way to grind it out and again when when that I think we scored but only about 15, fifteen twenty minutes left. it was quite a late goal yeah. yeah and um I think kite Li said recently on his old oG appearance that we wasn't we wouldn't play great didn't play great, but as soon as that goal at the back of the net, we just thought we get we're getting there now we are we're really really getting close to to the finishing line for us now. It was just that little extra at that point in the season, you're just getting over these little hurdles because I think if you remember, we've been through a bit of a bad patch, and then it was, yeah, come on, we're nearly there, nearly there now.
5: And and I think for me, what's interesting when we we make the comparison between the two games, here you've got a game at the start of the season, a five-one, you're dominant, and then as Price has referenced, there game we were awful, really. I mean, I, I, my memories of the game was a good friend of ours, Ed, got the tickets and he got them really early, as he always. He's someone who gets tickets really early, so you think if you get your tickets early, you're going to get good seats. Yeah. And we had a crossbar view, so my, I don't know if anybody's had been an in away game and you get one of those low seats and you're literally you're watching the crossbar all game. Yeah. So my view of the game wasn't particularly great, but as we said, it wasn't a particularly good game. But for me, it was kind of, and it's probably a bit cliche, the feel that if you play badly and win, then you're going to go somewhere. And I think you talked about earlier. We'd gone on a bad run over Christmas where we weren't really picking the points, playing particularly well. And this, for me, was a game which was like, well, okay, we grind out 1 0 away from home, then we can show we can do both. We can dominate games, but also we can sneak a, a point, and as Mick would say, you know, pinch their pockets and, and get a win. Now,
1: before we transition on to the next bit, you need to tell us, the listeners, about this night out. What's night out on this famous night out? So you've set my expectations, by the way. So we, um,
4: we all we all donned their shirts, didn't we? Yeah, and we went out on the town, and um, you know you get we these weren't allowed in hooters, but
5: that's another story. <laughs> nah. You
4: know, like when you when you go around town, you get these girls with like the uh, the placard saying join our, you know, come yeah, into go our go our to our club tonight club, yeah, and get a discount so for
1: three drinks or something. I yeah. just
4: happened I just happened to be talking to one of those for a minute, and then um, I got separated from the group and. Uh, one of my best men on my wedding actually came running, running up after me to grab me, give me a bear hug, turned around and started running with me in a bear hug. Took about five paces and fell flat. So my head smacked off oh, this cobbled road. Okay. Cut the top of my head open. I was turned out. I was mildly concussed. Anyway, uh, one of our other friends was with us who happened to be a physio. Just took one look at it, ran off, bought two bottles of water from uh, I don't know like a Mr. Nottingham's equivalent of Mr Sizzle. <laughs> and basically just tipped these bottles of water off the back of my head, washed all the blood off, just just patted pat him down and said, yeah, you're all right, carry on. And I remember us queuing up to get into Oceana with the blood-stained collars, oh. like turning it over so they wouldn't see it, to get into Oceana. Wake up the next morning with a raging headache and a blood-stained pillow. But I'm um, I mean, who could probably pick up the next part of the story with their airmate who decided to take over
5: said travel lodge, didn't they? <laughs> we, we stopped at a local travel lodge, and... Um, we basically nearly got kicked out the travel lodge because when we got back to the travel lodge in the early hours, we noticed nobody had got any. Um, There's nobody on reception, so we decided Bloody to travel lodge, decided yeah. basically to to be reception. <laughs> so at one point, I, <laughs> reception rye. <laughs> yeah. At one point, I decided to get the uh, little trolley out with the with the towels. You got the laundry trolley. Was the, the laundry trolley, trolley? And I was pre- oh no, I was, I was manning the phones. And then another friend of ours jumped over the counter and was giving keys out to people that were coming back on the night out. And then I remember the next day as well, which <laughs> kind of come to me. It was Mother's Day weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there was probably about 12 of us. And obviously, Nottingham's finest were looking forward to taking their mothers out for Mother's Day. And we went to the local to- Toby Carvery. And they were all being turned away because there was us, Kunkus Head over here, and 12 <laughs> of us taking all the tables up and having the fun on Cindy the weekend. Not, let's hope Forrest come up again and we can repeat it maybe But we'll see less damage we'll see
1: right we're going to move on with people Adam are you staying with us Jordan's got his mic Jordan's with us now he's here uh, right we're going to talk about uh, in general Wolves' 2008-2009 promotion season uh, and we're going to look back very quickly as well at that that promotion game the 1-0 win against QPR when E-Banks Blake got that goal uh, but in general the season in general Jordan though what an incredible season What any standout memories for you in terms of how you view games? Did you go to games? Did you have to view them nervously on teletext?
6: Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you. I think in my years of being a Wolves fan, this season was actually my favourite ever, and that's included the Nuno era. Now, I literally
1: thought you were going to say this is the one season I never followed Wolves at all. No. <laughs> Get
6: out! No no, 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 and I think, and uh, I mean, it probably raised a few eyebrows. I'm saying it's my favourite season ever, but. I was at the age where I was um, just turned like sort of 16, 17, so I had my home season ticket and I started going to, to some of the away games on the, the Travel Club as well, sneaking into like the Weather Spoons when we Coach were like, the the getting Getting your little pints of calling, getting like one of the dads to get you a drink and stuff, and for me it was just so much fun. By drink, members. you
1: mean a carbonated.
6: Beverage. I wish I did, but no, I do mean that like one of the calling kind, I believe. But the non-alcoholic calling. It <laughs> was not calling zero. Yeah, for legal purposes, and if my mum's listening, yes, yeah. Not so alcohol free. But yeah, absolutely. This was sort of my favourite season following Wolves and the reason for that, or the main reason for that, is that not a lot was really expected of us at the start of that season. Like yes, we had seen a bit of improvement under the McCarthy years and you know, from that squaddy inherited of the Rowan Ricketts and the Jamal Johnsons and all that sort of stuff where we were scraping by you could actually see that I think this was like his second full season I think I think it was like he'd done a season and a half before that Wait, and this and is his third, third season, third maybe. Third season. Sorry. so we
1: just missed out on the playoffs by Gold, gold. was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
6: yeah so you sort of could see his philosophy starting to take place in that where I know um, Hoops has just mentioned about the Katelyn and your Jarvis combination Ebanks-Blake Willumo. Um, even like going further that, like you know, you had that partnership with Carl Emery and Dave Jones, it was, yeah, you know, the, ever consistent. It was like, the you know, it was Nevers an and
1: Maitino of its time,
6: wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. almost as good as well, almost. Um, but yeah, Dave Jones is one of my favourite Wolves players growing up, just because he had a bit of a wand of a left foot. Really, I think he was very much an underrated player that we had at the time. Um, in terms of sort of like specific games, I suppose from that season that stand out. Um, Preston away was one of my first ones I remember um, Iwalumo getting his hat-trick and getting sent off yes. <laughs> uh, and the old re- as well really it? really strange uh, was that the game
4: where um, Shackle went in goal was
6: it I believe it was yeah I think he went in goal near the end so of the game it
4: all transpired I think we used our subs he got sent off I can't remember what happened Did Hennington Henry got sent off as well or something but
6: I just didn't remember Shackle going in goal yeah, I think it was that game and uh you know, sort of. I know we've always spoke about it, sort of Forest at home um, being like a big pivotal game, um, and so they like I say sort of Preston was a big memory of mine. There's obviously the odd game in between all that, um, Derby Way that we've spoke about as well, um, and sort of in preparation for this, so sort of at the moment I'm moving out, um, and I was going through some old like programmes and clippings and stuff. So I got a double-sided picture of the Derby 3-2 game Keo with his shirt off I and noticed one, yeah. that the two players hugging him have a, I bet you wouldn't know, well I could give anyone 500 quid without seeing the photo two players hugging him uh, Harewood no but you're on the right track Shekel no Folks no and oh so, let's, let's go through the entire squad <laughs> <laughs> no Kyle Reid Kyle Reid was one yeah, there you go and Marlon Harewood no Oh, Nigel Quashie no I'll tell you the one Matt Hill my so, is yeah. this photo of Keo with his shirt off, like saying, "You know, I think that was the game that we got promoted on. Near enough, that was it. It was basically confirmed yeah. that wasn't it?" And yeah. this is Kio with in pure elation over his face, with his shirt off, with Kyle Reed and uh, Matt Hill giving him a hook. So I thought, well, that's a real save as well, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, I always remember what the only thing I remember that
1: that Derby game, and I don't know why I always remember this is that picture because Keo looking as ripped as hell, thinking. Wow. I mean, where's that come from? A bit
6: like Thor, wasn't he? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He definitely yeah, hasn't been eating the carbs, as a Keough? No, hand. no. Has he
1: <laughs> been starving himself or he's been, you know, doing some weights. <laughs> uh, we'll talk quickly about that QPR game in a second, but Adam, apart from what we talked before about Forest home and away, memory-wise, the following games throughout that season, is
4: there anything else that sticks out at all for you? Well, I mean, do you know why? It was such a great season because we went, like, nine game winning streak we might have lost one then just went and won another, another nine straight it's ridiculous but w- one of my away day memories um, was in the the dodgy December and January patch and yeah, sorry yeah. it was February because um, a mate of mine who ended up being my, one of my best men we spent Valentine's Day Burnley away the most romantic
6: city one in the one of the most romantic places
4: you can go to sounds um, nice one of one of Nigel Quasi's three games for Wolves and um, we lost 1-0 and it was as bad as it sounds like we were really bad and the game was bad Nigel Kwasi was bad everything was bad and just to cheer myself up I bought a copy of Razzle from a service station on my home, <laughs> <laughs> just because I thought it was the best and then and then who should walk into the service station but Robbie Savage so I just sat down next to him and just blatantly like trying to get attention by reading Razzle next to him he wasn't impressed as most people aren't, Dave, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a, a shining light. Uh, Derby was obviously a great one because we, went, we were sat like row B or C right in that corner flag where that Keyo celebration yeah, was. Yeah. And the, uh, a friend of mine who was with us at the time, his legs were literally spring activated. As soon as that ball hit the net, he jumped off his seat like a like springs were like, activated. He leapt over rows B and A. He jumped off his seat from C. it went over B and A. And he, was, he was, like, literally begging to go on the pitch, like, wanting to get involved. He was fantastic. And then, obviously, I guess, most people will know Barnsley away, because yeah, yeah, fancy yeah. dress was the order of the day. I think, I think I went in, our group went in Super Mick t-shirts with the S, like the Superman logo. Uh, went up in some Barnsley working men's club before the game, like, drinking <laughs> pints for about one ninety nine each. Um... Others were all in, like, Hawaiian outfits and yeah. everything. And then, of course, he was at the end of the game, he was on the pitch. Oh.
1: I remember that picture of Mick. It was, like, it was a still, but it looks like Mick's trying to kill one of the pitch invaders. It oh, yeah, comes yeah. up to him. It was great. Um, and just quickly on QPR, because I think we've touched on some good memories there. Promotion, it was a lovely sunny day. There was a party atmosphere. We've got promotion. I'm going to come to you in a second, Adam, because I know that there's this maybe something, maybe not about that game. But Jordan... Your memories, did you go to that game first?
6: Yeah, no. yeah. So I was there and obviously on the pitch at the end of the of the game. You pitch invader. Yeah, I know. Breaking the law. So this is when I was, you know, 16, 17. I thought it was fantastic. I thought, right, like, <laughs> you've got to remember, like any Wolves team I've seen, you know, I was born in 1991. There's been a lot of misery up to that time, other than 2003 being a bit of a blip. Um, you know, so yeah, straight on the pitch, you know, enjoying my 30 seconds in the sun, I guess, on the Molyneux turf. And, uh, yeah, it was just just such a party and carnival atmosphere. And like like I say, other than that, other than the 2003 season that playoff final, it was actually nice to go through a season with Wolves where it's pretty much sealed before we'd uh you know before the last game of the season. Typically, it's always now, an but and we tend to lose out on goal difference, by a goal or you know, then pesky neighbours down the road are breaking our hearts in the playoffs. You know, it's so it was actually nice just to be able to go to the game, enjoy, it, relax, it, and take it all in and. Yeah, it was such a fantastic occasion. And like I say, it wasn't necessarily underdogs, but at the start of the season, we probably weren't the favourites to go up in that season. But as you could tell from the, the way the season went on, and you know some of the players and the, some of the football we played, you know we were rightly, you know, rightfully deserved to go up in that season.
1: I don't know. You were saying before, did you? Actually, you, you say you may have no memory of this game whatsoever?
4: Uh, barely, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just think, and the reason why. Because I think after that game we just went into the corner shop and just bought loads of spirits and stuff. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, like George, you know, when I was on the pitch and all that, I've, and I only know this because there's photos of it after the event. I don't remember doing <laughs> it. To be honest, uh, I do look a bit glazed over on the photos anyway. But for, so I think for some reason we could. We, I mean, again, everyone must have been there after the post game. So we couldn't get into bars yeah. or just didn't want to. There's a corner shop isn't there just after uh, Royal London, so we just piled into there, just got so much spirit, just like commoners, drinking on the street, spirits and all sorts, so my memory is <laughs> slim tonight, I, I only look at photos, no see that,
1: that game, um, I was working at Beacon on the sports show, so I was having to edit all the highlights of that game, and I was the only Wolves fan in that office of eight. So right, when, okay. Wolf, when it was full time, I did this like, yes. And then everyone was just silent. They weren't bothered. And I was like, all oh, right, okay, I'll carry on. Editing all the um, interviews afterwards. And then me and my mate already arranged to go up to town that night anyway. So the town was absolutely buzzing. A mate of ours was a Newcastle fan. And it was the day they also got relegated for the first time. Oh, the, sh- the Shearer. Yeah, the villa. yeah. So he was utterly depressed. The whole of the town was fantastic. And I always remember going to Blastoff afterwards and going to the loo. At the urinals, as you do, and then just—it was one of those things where you could just start a chant, and then everyone just carries yeah. on. It was such a good atmosphere. I'll we level you with you
6: there, Dave. I was in blast off that night as well. We, you might have carried on, not the chant that I started. Quite possibly, Quite possibly yeah. Like yeah. Doors, <laughs> <laughs> right? A uh, beacon radio, no,
4: there. What, what a blast from the past! I know, yeah. Was it Doctor Fox there? At the uh, side?
1: No, it was the Goal Zone with uh, goal Tom zone, Ross. Yeah.
4: Yeah, oh, of course.
1: Da, 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 <laughs> that one. All right. Okay. We've got more memories to talk about. We've got the usual fan cast quiz and that coming up, and we're gonna do that after the break in a second. Now. Hey, it's David here. Now I know you. You love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website. I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website, and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, PixelYetiMedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancaster.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at PixelYetiMedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at Media? Welcome back to the show, everyone. Now, I'm going to pass mics over to Rich. He's handing money out. Oh, he's got the FanCast kitty out. Look, he's handing that money out. You does not know what I'm saying here. Here we go, Rich. Rich, take the Hello. mic. You're hand, handing out the FanCast kitty. Sorry, Let's I see.
7: know. I'm I'm being too generous
1: so Stu is coming around as well Stu's got his point. I need to ask Stuart an important question welcome back to the show everybody it is Fangast 400 for sending a baiting 400 episodes here at the Lichgate Tavern in the city centre thank you very much to the for letting us be here as well Stu um, important question for you first before we get on to this game which is Wolsey's 1-0 win away against Cardiff um, what number point are you on?
8: But in here all day.
7: that, <laughs> is, that is just telling. I don't think we need to know anymore. Yeah. But we do. So okay. Let, thi- let's,
1: let's break it down. In here, in here. Um, I think, I think this is the third and third, And in general,
7: this is it the third? I think you got know, li- I mean, at, you've had at least two since I got here and you were here well before me. Yeah, I, this me is so, this I, your second show. Yeah,
8: yeah. This is the third in here and it's the fifth of the day. Okay, fifth is of the it, day. It,
6: it's
1: Friday afternoon. We're having a time check, uh, a yeah. pint check on how many pints you have yeah. tonight. Right, it's a Friday we, afternoon. It's a, it's a Friday. <laughs> uh, it's, right, it's
8: almost like a stereotype.
1: <laughs> right, we're going to talk about uh, Wolves' 1-0 away win against Cardiff in that promotion season under Nuno. It was a crazy game. Not only did <laughs> never score another wonderful free kick, But in five minutes of injury time, Wolves give away two penalties and both are either saved or missed. And it's it's basically needed the game that confirms Wolves' promotion back to the Premier League. Firstly, Stu, just yes you know, did you go to the game? Yes. You did.
7: Rich, did you go to the game? I didn't, know. No. Did you follow it? I did. How did you follow it? Did you follow it on the telly, Twitter? I, I watched it on a less than legal stream. Um, I was in the process of moving house no you
1: you paid your sky bill and you watched it legally on the telly I presume
7: if that's what you want to tell Mr. Murdoch (laughs) you know (laughs) and my overriding memory of the game is the stream being 30 seconds behind and it being a solid 30 seconds behind now we'll touch on to in a bit how some incidents happened very close to one another which kind of confused me when you're watching a game live on the stream and also getting notifications on a phone. So I got really confused with the penalties. feels like, wait, what order is all this happening? And uh, just...
1: Uh, it just messed with your head, basically. I was
7: going to say, it was genuinely one of the most nerve-wracking ends to a game that I think I've ever experienced in terms of... Uh, you know, the ups and the downs of it. Yes. I, I can't quite remember a game anywhere like that.
1: I don't think you'll find that in football for a very long time. That five-minute period, two penalties. One team thinks they'll win it. They think they win it, and then they save penalty, and they think they win it. And then just straight away, there's another penalty. It's due from the stands, I mean, I can imagine, but <laughs> were it must have been every single emotion possible.
8: It was incredibly surreal. I mean, it's one of them things, even now... It's what two, maybe, maybe three years later, where you think you're thinking about it, and you, it's. I can remember every single. Set. The first half, nothing whatsoever. Can't remember a single thing about the first half at all. But then you remember the, the Nevers free kick, where, for some reason, everyone in that way end expected him to score.
7: Yeah, it's really weird because like I, I, I watched the sort of highlights of it, um, before today, and like nothing happened in the first half. It was terrible. It was just like you know. Both teams kind of went about their pace and then all of a sudden, the second half, the game started to open up and he said he'd had a couple of sort of decent free kicks in the campaign. So he scored one against Brentford as well. And there was just that level of expectation over that. It was a big moment in a big game, a star player. And it was like, it's, it, it, it's, you know, it's written, it's scripted that he's going to score this and it's going to be the game winner. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, like you said,
8: he hadn't, he scored a few, but again, he wasn't prolific from free kicks, and there was something about that game, everyone was, no one was really up for it, saying, yeah, we, we're going to battle them, because we got to, I think we had a terrible record at that stadium as well, before, and I think we'd won once, and it was a 1-0 the, the year or the year before, and he, st- he stepped up, and I, I I said a Blake. That's a different story altogether that young Blake <laughs> experienced that day. Um, but we, um, everyone stood there. and I turned to him and said, "This is in this. And then you had that kid said, rubber Neves," <laughs> and his his nice little young Welsh boy voice on his uh, on his vlog later on. And as soon as he went. It's still It was limbs of the season, if you want to rank it like that. You've got a
1: story, um, I know we said it at the live show, um, but Blake, who might be known by listeners, is an American listener who came over to Wolverhampton uh, from
8: America. And he went to this game, and he's got a bit of a travel story. Yeah, it, it'd been... Actually, funny enough, I met him for the first time in here, in the Litchgate. <laughs> right, again. Okay, and okay. I'd, re- I'd read his story about coming over here to study in Wolverhampton um, so he could watch Wolves. And I arranged to meet him in here, because I thought he might be a bit of a lunatic. (laughs) So, safe space. Um, But for that game, he'd gone home for spring break, and for some reason, he decided that he still wanted to come back and go to the Cardiff away game. So, he he booked his flight, um, he changed his travel plans to get to that game, he flew from LA to London, got a train from London to Cardiff, met me, I mean, I'd given him his ticket before, but he left his, his overnight bag, from the plane on the coach um, in the coach park going in the, in the ground he hadn't been by the time kick off started he'd been away for 28 hours I don't know how you would even compute. just to watch Wolves versus just park. to watch Wolves away at Cardiff if, if you want a super fan there's your super fan I
7: was going to say like, <laughs> and then <laughs> and you had
8: Scott who was with me that day who chickened out on drinking whatsoever sat on a bench drinking o- orange juice and then Blake turns up over a day without sleep humiliating and then when that free kick goes in I was the one jumping on him he was more energetic than me (laughs) it was just incredible and then that last five minutes was you think the first the first penalty you think well that's just silly it's clumsy you think we've still got to draw from this and then it's saved and everyone goes crazy and then Calv loses his, his mind and I remember fully. I threw my wallet on the floor. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what? what
7: so why your wallet? Because
8: I like. Is it because you would not wear your hat? <laughs> I, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'm not giving any money to this club anymore. I hadn't committed to bald club at that time. I do So I still had hair. So, but because I jumped all over Blake in the first place, my wallet had, like started oh, to so come. A,
7: still hold, it,
8: yeah. it started to come out of my pocket. So I was rearranging my pockets, putting it back in. They give a penalty. Well, like, for fuck's sake, I threw it on I the mean, floor.
7: Like, he said. It's mad because it's so rare to sort of see two penalties kind of given effectively one after the other. That was like a, another phase of play, sort of. But the stupid thing is they were both clear penalties. Yeah. And yeah. like that, that, it's like part of me wanted to feel like this great injustice, you know, especially like the first one, it was saved. It was, you know, you know what? We've got, justice has been served. And you get the second one, it's like, oh, clearly they're against you. It's like, yeah, no. Like, Cavallero just doesn't quite know how to defend in the penalty box. Yeah, there was there was none of that,
8: like, everyone against Wolves situation. There was none of that scenario. Because I mean, it was. You could, even from where we, we were the complete opposite end of the ground, from where it happened to. And it was clear, both of them, they were clear as day. And it was one it was just it was frustration to then turn to I said that the state that Scott was in, he still didn't move for the second penalty save. He was that ill. But for the second one, Blake jumps on me. And Blake, is probably about eight stone wet through. I just, he knocked me over. I just remember watching that and just, I don't,
1: I hope I never have to experience that range of emotions again in a football match because it's just you can hear you know we hear these stories and studies of people saying you know football can be bad for you I I mean that five minutes really proves that football can be bad for you it was
7: I mean I was going to say it's as close as I've experienced a penalty shootout in a league fixture (laughs) like that that that, do you know what I mean like I remember I I mean I watch a lot of football you know um, on TV or whatever and usually sort of by myself but you know, I don't tend to celebrate the goals that much unless they're big. And I only even sort of realised how significant they are when England played in the World Cup um, a couple of years back and we beat Colombia on penalties. And, like, I celebrated the penalties. It's literally just me celebrating by myself. <laughs> and, like, my wife's in the corner is going, what? what's going on? Like, every time you go, come on! Cause Kieran die not Kieran die Eric dies scuffed penalty. <laughs> yeah, uh, But like, you know, that sheer, like, you say, that double-dip emotion, uh, you, you, you just can't experience unless it's in a knockout game and penalties. Well, that ex- that whole thing is,
8: I mean, I've had that for the first time this season with the European away games. Mm. With me going to pretty much every single game, home and away, for the last 15, 20 years, and not going away in Europe, having to watch it on telly for the first time
7: yeah
8: i've watched every single one at home on my own so i don't like being around people watching it on telly just to piss me off (laughs) it's just it's one of the things i was
7: going to say do you celebrate just how cute the beshiktas game the beshiktas
8: game On knee knee sliding across my living room floor (laughs) on my own with no one else in the room see i've
7: got in trouble and i did uh, i I won't tease out the next section don't worry but i know i've in the last few months while well, having a baby daughter, set um when we played Man City and we were two 0 down, when Traore scored, I was holding Isabel and <laughs> went, Come on and terrified the life out of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah that what happened. No?
1: Do it. Why don't we get into the sick task now in a second? We've got other people to come on. Uh, Ben's here, John, grab a mic, come over here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, move around, move around. So, uh, John Meek, right. if you're a long-time fan, cast listener, is back with us now. It's probably the first time he's been on the show for yes. years. Yeah, why not? We're talking about Basikdash, John. You actually went, so that makes sense. So come round, come round, join round, gather round, Benjamin. We'll pass the microphone round. This is so organised, isn't it? This is why we're. Evening. <laughs> So we're going to talk about the final in our kind of story behind the story is a Besiktas away one nil Wolves go to Turkey in their first pro- well first away proper game in the Europa League this season and a Willy bolly goal right at the end gives Wolves that win. Now I followed this on telly, Benjamin. I presume you followed this on telly. Did Richard? I presume I you followed this, But some people actually went over to Turkey, didn't they? What can t- tell us when when that moment happens? John, when Bolly scores that goal, from your perspective,
9: what was that like? Because I presume you were the people around you were just are we are ex- we giving sorry to interrupt. Are we giving John a bit of a backstory? I was
7: going to say you've literally just got
9: <laughs> to go I don't think you can just go to him here. For the 400th episode, you've got to give a little bit of historical backstory, in my opinion. I'm sure sure that
1: there's so many long-time listeners that know John I'm sure everyone has listened to 400 episodes. (laughs) But But just in case they don't, and we're going to talk about this after the Piscic bit, John was a long-time fancast pundit, as it were, on the show for many years. It was just me and John. It was, it was. It was just the two of us. Just two of us with a little microphone. In, in,
10: In your mum's dining room. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: wonder where that phrase comes from now.
10: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but we're going to talk about fancast memories a sec. But John from the, the the away end in Istanbul, it's peeking out for a draw. That moment happens. What do you is that is the mindset like I can't believe it's a draw to oh my god we we've just beaten Partizan.
10: Yeah, it was it was a, a a strange one that 10 minutes before the end. Um we, we sat there, nil-nil away to us. You're like, great, great result. We'll take that. We'll go, to our, we'll go to the home games, win the home games. And then Sice's goal was disallowed. And we'd done the whole jumping round and then flagged it for offside. If VAR had been there, it probably wasn't offside. But we'll we'll forget about that. And then we're like, OK, we'll take nil-nil. Fine, happy, happy. Great day out, great holiday. And then uh, the ball falls to Neves on the edge. And we're up in the top corner with some weird nets in front of us. It made it a really weird view. Um, and then you, all you could see was Bolly was unmarked in the middle, and you're like, it fell to him, he controlled it, and he scored, and there was silence, like it went, the ground went silent, and then suddenly, the Wolves fans just went mental, because you, you, it was just, it was it's indescribable almost how good, so we were jumping around, hugging each other, um, just going mad, and then, obviously, the game finished, and we'd won, it was just, you couldn't believe that you'd sat and watched Wolves against. but shit does who are... are Massive, massive team in Europe, yeah, yeah. but it was indescribably good. And then after the game, back in Taksim Square, or the Wolves fans celebrating, all the Besiktas fans, to be fair, coming up having photos, and it was a the atmosphere on the day was the noise the Besiktas fans made. Because I think obviously on telly, you can see the ground was virtually empty. It was about it was about half full, but the noise they were making was was indescribable the Wolves fans at the far start were singing uh, singing Noon Had a Dream and then after a while they just gave up because the fans were so loud you just couldn't hear yourself think but to win that game was just so uh,
7: I was going to say out of curiosity why did you choose to go to that game because I when the draw was made and this was sort of before people realised about the Bratislava um, uh, ban yeah um like a lot of people looked at the Besiktas game. It was like going to Turkey, not sure about that. Obviously Prague, we've got the connections with the club. Slovakia is a pretty and going to Bratislava was a pretty easy connection to make. I, I was curious, why did you pick that one? Well, it was it? twofold.
10: Uh, reason one was that my wife was on holiday the same week, so it was the easy play. pass out. Good, good. But the <laughs> okay, second was reason <laughs> was um, that the draw came out and you looked at it, and then I looked on Wall's Twitter, which is a often talked phrase, wall Twitter, and there's a lot of anti yeah. uh sort of feeling, and I was like, well, the best chance of us getting a ticket is... Is that one. Is and I think, actually, it's a bit of... It's a, a bit of a misconception that Bishiktas fans are the, yeah. uh, are the rogue ones. I think if it's Fenerbahce or Galatasaray, it's a bit different. Mm. But... Were, the Flights were pretty cheap. It's three hundred quid flights and accommodation for four days. It was just it was just made sense. It all worked yeah, out fine. And then obviously good. getting a ticket was easy. Um, and That was really the reason. It was just yeah. it was. And then you saw everyone saying, "Oh, we're going to Braga," and then you saw what happened in Braga, say, which was it, a bit of a.
7: Yeah, I was going to say like if you go off results based, you picked the the best one in, in hindsight. And, I mean, for, oh, for the moment, a hundred percent, and for the moment at the end and. You know, like,
10: and uh, we, we, me, and my dad said when we go, we got to the group stage that we do in a away day, and then Bashitass came up and it's like, well, that's the best opportunity for us to go, and mm. it turned out to be a great, yeah. know, a great week, and a great game, and uh, I mean, actually, the game was terrible, but a great <laughs> yeah. last. Minute. I was gonna say,
7: I don't think people. I was, I was gonna say the game itself was pretty turgid, um, but the goal, and like, bo- 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 body control for bo- that. Body turning into like a, a, a Didier drunk in the box, so, like. I got back to the hotel
10: that night. I watched that goal on Twitter about fifteen times the next day. I lay in bed watching it, I must watch about a hundred times by the time we got home and then I got home and watched the whole game again well, I you know, so fast forwarded the first seventy five minutes and to, just to watch that end because it was it was incredible
1: Ben like me and and Rich, we watched it on tele. Did you have this sense of I know we would had the, um, the, the qualifiers beforehand, but this was a real sense of the first proper Europa League, and I always found this weird sense. I was watching it with my dad, and I was thinking, I'm watching Wolves in Turkey. This is bizarre. Like, this is great, but also this
9: is strangely, excitedly weird. Do you know what a massive thing for me was? And, and it sounds bizarre, but like it was people that don't support Wolves, don't follow Wolves, have no interest in Wolves, started tweeting about that game, and I just saw... like oh, this game's dull. Just from, like, whether it was national journalists or people that support, you know, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, they were going, oh, Wolves need to push forward, Wolves need to do this. And I was thinking, Wolves are just in in a European competition here. And when that goal went in, I never felt it before at any point, like Crusaders, Yerevan, even Torino, which was a massive game. I didn't have that, like, Wolves are in Europe. And when that goal went in, I thought... Was it just like a good? Was it just, just good? Walls it just on a professional European away day? They've they've not given away any chances, and then they've scored in the last minute. I, I would
10: disagree on giving away chances because David's header was. I thought it was in. I, mean, was, I, was, quite convinced I was convinced that was, quite was in <laughs> in the ground. But yeah, but I, th- I get your point. I think it was a massive turning point in the season as well. Because look you know what's happened since then. Obviously, the next Sunday we went to Man City and won and before that we'd, we'd, we'd not we'd been middling well, like it a really it really gave the team beat, belief
7: we'd beaten Watford the week before and Watford were dog shy if we're going to be honest I, I just thought like
9: we had a bit of an inferiority complex in the yeah, competition it's like like all of sudden, once we got into the group like you look at the Braga game and we, we were okay we had a lot of the ball didn't really create that much they beat us and then, to me, it just felt like, right, at some point, Wolves are going to have to dominate a team that are actually in the Europa League group stages. They were the favourites to win the group. They they obviously didn't show up at any points and ended up finishing. They finished bottom, I in, mean, well, the 4-0 yeah.
1: win uh, at you just showed you that, really.
9: But that was just another performance when Wolves were great. Yeah. But when you go, I, I always think it might be just like really, like really just like little Englander. If you go away to Turkey in a European competition and win a game, to me that's massive and you that know, just felt like a look, turning point. The sure that, just a I'm European sure that team
7: record was incredible. You know, like,
10: it's like, not it's stupid, been stupid, isn't it? I think actually, reflecting on, I know we're going a bit off topic, but reflecting on the season as a whole is the way we play football, the way we play against Liverpool, the way we play against Spurs, the way we play against Man United... We could win the Europa League. Quite, I, I've got believe that we could win the Europa League. Look so at the Johnny way we play football. Look at
1: here back on the show since he can set the tone, the topics. Oh, I
10: don't, I might oh, think look this. Out. I don't think I don't think there's anything that's stopping us. I know we'll probably go to Espanyol in the next round, but no. oh, I said it. But I think the way we play football and the way we we take on teams, not we're not scared of anyone. You, Inter Milan, I don't know we are scared of them because
9: I think we beat them. And Molyneux and the floodlights is. Mm. incredible yeah. I, I would say that that goal to me just made me feel like maybe we can I've never i never had that impression at any point just because I thought that because I'm a Wolves fan so I just presume that we aren't very good and then the way that we just like managed the game in Europe scored a last minute winner and then you you, you reflect on the game you think right we just beat the 1-0 away from home and you think well how many teams can do that? And then you think, maybe... It turns out quite a lot. But well, yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> actually, they're quite good now.
10: they actually yeah, decent yeah, oh, Actually, they were second... They they were, they were you set might have here first, me, but
9: maybe. come on. Yeah, um, <laughs> so they are the journalists, so. yeah. Um, yeah, but that was the... F- to me, that was the first moment where I thought Wolves might actually have a chance at doing something in this. Which is just a frankly ridiculous thing to say, because the yeah. fact I started when... I started on this podcast when, like, Wolves were playing Stevenage and Jake Cassidy was not looking very good and... I couldn't quite get over when we were flying
10: out to istanbul that we were flying to go and watch Wolves play football it was just and then we we're flying back we said we can't believe we're flying back having seen Wolves win one mm-hmm. nil at besiktas not just go away to yeah. i know torino are a good team actually they were but pretty it, it it's, pretty. Cause it's, it's, to them, in but it's weird
7: because i think it's because it was a group game in a way so like those first kind of qualifiers it's it's almost like a pre-tournament isn't it and like nothing's really on the line if we'd have gone out to torino nothing ventured nothing gained you're only three weeks into the season just carry on as it were but because it was a group game you're like well hang on if we've lost to praga we don't win here hang on that's two losses in a row you've only got six games to do something here and like it was just like actually that was the moment they all clicked Went, hang on lads we can manage this situation we've won in the league now we've won in europe in, in the group stages and so they kind of carried that momentum through the next couple of weeks and beat Man City and you know they they almost found themselves again and I think that's kind of the biggest thing from the game I just think they needed them. they needed a big result mm. and
9: like Torino when they beat Torino away as we keep going back to at the time that felt like a huge result like going to a side like that but then you say right okay we're in the midst of the season we're not doing well because at the time Wolves weren't looking any great shakes, really. You beat Watford, and then you think, right, well, can they actually handle this? Can they actually handle playing on a Saturday, playing on a Thursday, playing on a Sunday? You beat Besiktas away, and the first thing that everyone says, because last minute goal, the first thing that anyone that doesn't know who Wolves are say, Wolves just that to play 93 minutes away at Besiktas they're going to get drilled at Man City. And then within 15 minutes, it's like chan- at the Etihad, it's like chance after chance after chance. And, like, Wolves deserved to win that game, the Etihad. And it was, like, three days after probably the best result in our recent history. And that was the sort of point where you thought, Wolves just might actually just be good. Like, is uh, that- are Wolves just good?
10: Uh, I, uh, I agree on your point. So, I reflect back that you see, on again, on Wolves' Twitter... Um, about the best away day. So I don't go to that many away games. I went to... We talked about Forest in the Championship. I went to that. That was a great day. But up there, of away days, has got to be Besiktas away. Going to mm. Turkey and winning 1-0, as you said, football record brag. was incredible. It's just <laughs> because, I was there. Yeah, because
1: you don't know, uh, uh, knowing where we are now, whether we'll be in Europe next season, when it will be next season. So at least you can say... You have had that, many, or at least we can say as a fan base, we have had that, whether you watch it there in person or whether you watch it on the telly, we've seen Wolves go to Turkey
9: and beat Besiktas. But it's, even now, it's incredible but to see But say I it. think that's important as well, even if people didn't go, even if they just sat in their living room and watched it on telly, Wol, Wolves fans got to watch a Wolves team beat Besiktas at Besiktas. Yeah. And to me, that's something, if you had told me that five years ago, I would have... And said I don't think that's going to happen yeah. and I didn't have the well, same well I was
7: going to say I do remember a couple of fancast bets about certain players playing in Europe in five years time yeah, yeah. I never came so, on, so yeah. <laughs> erroneous <laughs> I mean I'm, wasn't Danny Bath one of them? It was Danny yeah, Bath, yeah. Danny <laughs> Bath, was it? Right, Jensen, we're,
1: we're going to do the quiz now. John, do you want to stick around for the quiz? I'll
10: stick around for the quiz. Ben, you stick around for the quiz? I'd, I'd
1: like to think so. Rich, I think Stuart's I on think the quiz. I think it's Stuart, so I will There's slip big off. Like, right, so John, you haven't been on the Don't show off on C for... How many years now? Seven years, I Seven think. years. Six
10: and a half, seven years.
1: So, we've got the famous quiz. Um, so, you need to get your phone ready, because you need to write down your notes. Uh, Stu, you ready for the quiz? I'm in... Uh, so if you're a regular listener, you know how difficult these quizzes are. I think uh, we're just getting a round in for John from the FanCast Kitty. Uh, yes,
10: the JHB, please. Oh, very it's nice. First time very I've very actually no- been paid for a uh, FanCast appearance. <laughs> so. uh, My plus like like is about 15 this points.
8: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is literally a dream come true for me.
9: Just free beers talking and about you, wolves. And you
10: were talking about Mailhouse one, one time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to do the quiz, uh, everybody. Um, That's what you need to do. Get like a note, um. Just get your notepad out. Uh, everyone get your notepad out. Is, so this a,
9: is this a Dan quiz?
1: It is a Dan quiz. Oh God, so, I'm concerned. so, Dan Insomely can't be with us tonight. So, um, thank you very Don't, much for Dan. Yeah, he Not said just that.
9: Like he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> can't be with us tonight. So, uh,
1: thank you, Dan, as always, for these quizzes. Uh, now, Luke. Luke. Luke might be here later on. John, no pressure at all. But they every time. Are, they are pretty hard. To uh, be but honest. also, every time a new person comes on, we
10: have to technically count you as a, technically new, person. a new person. Um a new
1: person? They always win the quiz. So pressure on you.
10: I'm pre quiz, so I am a new yeah. person. Yeah.
1: So pressure on you. If you're listening at home.
10: can't see the the reflection so
1: if you listen at home at WFC Fancast let us know how you got on on episode 400 of the quiz gentlemen are you ready for the quiz I'm everybody? more than ready ready here we go 11 years ago today of recording the 7th of February uh, Wolves lost 2-1 away to Coventry thanks to a late penalty yet missed by Ebanks Blake but what former Wolves player came off the bench for Coventry that day so we lost to Coventry 2-1 away Seb missed a penalty what former Wolves player came off the bench for Coventry that day
9: I went to this and I kicked the seat when he missed uh, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. fan castration mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. locked well in well done
1: yeah. John is locked that's in that's
9: the last bit of pin that you've got don't yeah. look at my phone I've got no <laughs> clue i well oh, Stu oh, was has no clue what's she going on was trying to use the reflection in his head to look at my <laughs> phone into his phone
8: <laughs> this, is, this is one of the first times where Bald Club has been outnumbered yes it is
9: Yeah. Uh, I'm right. I'm
1: going to press your answers Stu are you out of this one are you passing
9: I mean I did look at your answer unless it was Robbie Keane
1: you going for Robbie Keane? Ben, so I I've gone for Eastwood. Eastwood. You gone for
10: Eastwood? Ooh, it might be Eastwood, but I've gone for Leon
1: Clark. The answer was Freddie Eastwood. So Benjamin takes the lead. Well done, Ben. The <laughs> next comment. Qu- the you next said question. It, that makes sense. I
10: mean, I <laughs> no, like you Freddie. He's a great player. Yeah.
1: Uh, next question. 25th of February 2006. What footballing brothers scored for either side in our three-two win away to Hull City? So 2006, three-two win away to Hull City. Footballing brothers scored for either side. Who were those brothers? Who were the footballing brothers? Two
10: thousand and six. What? Yes. February two thousand and six. Twenty
1: fifth of February two thousand and six. I will give you a point for each one. So we don't have to get both. A point for each one. Here we go. If you enjoying a- the atmosphere oh. here, oh, here we go. John thinks what it might be. If you are enjoying the atmosphere that you're hearing in the background here, it is a Litchgate a Tavern and It's a great establishment for your ales. though, yeah. Well, Boris Johnson was here at one point, wasn't he, in the election campaign trail? I ignore that. Let's not get political. Yeah. Oh, wrestling's enough on the. Front. <laughs> I mean, <we> <laughs> Politics is.
10: Uh, Okay, I am locked in.
1: John is locked Probably in. Wrong. Are you locked on, in, then, Ben? You go first. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is you locked
8: in? Stu locked in? Oh, again, got absolutely no clue whatsoever. Jonathan? Uh,
10: I think it might be Darren Ward and
9: Elliot Ward. Darren and I Elliot actually Ward? I was thinking that. I didn't go for it. I went for um, Elliot and Julian Bennett. Elliot and Julian Bennett? Yeah. Well, we don't know yet. It's, it's called a quiz. <laughs> quiz. You have to wait for the answer. <laughs>
1: Stu, you're going to take up up in the idea. The answer was Carl and Leon Court.
9: Oh, that's a good question. That's yeah, a good question. Good question. Yeah. Comps. In next question, there's a Ben Steel leads. Leon Court. Yes, yeah, yeah. Leon Court. Yeah. Next question. I, I actually know that now. You've said.
1: Uh, right. Next question. Can you name our last three? Sorry. Can you name our last league goal stor- scorers of the season for the past three seasons? Again, a point each. The last goal scorer for Wolves of the last three seasons.
0: You'll know this.
10: So we're looking at the, tw- um, the last season,
9: season before. Yeah, so we're looking
1: at the 1617, 17, 18 and 1819. I oh, will give you a point each for each goal scorer. Any of the
9: things that happened. Is, it, it's a
8: remembering game. This is the problem. It's a remembering games from last ten season years season and not.
1: Yeah, so it's 2016, 17, 1718, and 1819. Who scored the last goal for Wolves in the league in those seasons? A point each for those. Benjamin Leeds, one nil nil. We do that have Twitter the co-
10: promotion season's hard because we did not score in the last two days. Don't season. give hints away. <laughs> it's called a quiz. Uh,
1: we do have Twitter corner coming up as well, so if you've submitted your quick question via Twitter, you may get it answered up. By the last game um, of last season? I'm gonna rush you Ben.
10: <laughs> okay, I'm locked in.
1: Benjamin, I'm gonna rush you here and I'm gonna come to you first. I want you to give all three answers in okay. order of the first season. Okay. i am to Costa. Yep phobi yeah
9: Leander Dendonka okay Stuart Costa aphobe jotter Costa phobijotta. jotter uh,
10: Bod Varson
1: I can tell you oh pipes are coming in I can tell you that Bart was 1617 that was against Preston at home Cody was 1780 oh, Bolton. 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 and 1819 was dedonka so, Benjamin with two, John with one. Stuart Neil still, what's going on? You're the quiz king. It's the curse of this year. The Here we go. Next question, everybody. Um, Am I winning? You're winning 2-1. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> which, which male-led UK group went to number one in the UK music charts the day Daniel Podence was born in October 1995? Sorry. 19.
9: 19? repeat that again. Sorry. So, which
1: male-led UK group went to number one in the UK... Yeah, in the UK charts the day that Poe Dents was born in October 95 he doesn't give a week it's so the month of October 95 who was number one
9: male led
1: male led see
9: is that a hint that there's females in the band I'm
1: not going to tell you I'm just going to I'm going to give you a point for the band and I will give you a bonus point if you give me the song hmm this is a tough Dan quiz once again at WFC Fancasters. about know.
9: 400 uh, people I mean, locked in John's locked, clearly in. John's on phone, locked in yeah you are okay uh,
1: Stu you locked in yeah Stuart what are you going for
9: A1 A1 yeah. that was but a song? I've, got <laughs> I've gone for uh, take that Once you back take in that parenthesis for good
10: <laughs> I've uh, gone for faithless God is a DJ
1: I can tell you you were all wrong it was simply red with fairground I knew it was oh. Mick
9: Hucknup I was going to say that so why don't you write it down? A couple of
1: questions left, everybody. Uh, according to transfermarket.co.uk, which striker out of these three costs the most? Freddie Eastwood, Frankowski, Zyro.
10: Hold on, as in when we sign them?
1: Yes. So out of those three strikers, who costs the most? Eastwood, Frankowski, Zyro. There's no bonus points on offer for this one. He He was. But was he the most expensive piece of the jigsaw? That's what I want to know. I'm locked in. Jonathan's already locked in. He's fast fingers. Oh, here we go. And Stuart. Yep. Uh, Jonathan, I'm gonna to come to you first.
10: i uh, I've Ziro. Zyro.
1: Zyro Bitter. Zyro. Zyro. <laughs> I can tell you the Zyro was the cheapest out really? uh, of oh, those. Is it, it was Eastwood. Oh got Eastwood, Eastwood. five million? So Eastwood was two million, uh, Frankowski was one point eight million, and Zyro was four hundred and fifty K. I'm not sure,
10: I'm not sure. That's I'm the sure answer. I'm not sure we signed Eastwood for two million. Yeah. No, that's yeah, not what
9: saw. that's not what he signed for.
10: Is that what, hold on. what That's transfer said? Market Look,
9: markets, I'm going with what he said yeah. on At the quiz. LD. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. At little man Dan?
1: Yeah. Anyway, more questions. Who cost Wolves the most out of these three players? Miranda, Mia, Onyage. Is it Onyage? Onyange. Onyange. We'll for no, them. mine's there. Right. Who cost the most? Miranda, Mia, Onyange. Who cost the most? It's still 2-1-0. Stewie's yet to pick up a point on the quiz. Shock, horror. Unbelievable on scenes. Not this season. I,
8: I think I've won one all season long.
1: Uh, Miranda, Rafa on Yange. Who costs the most? Um, Benjamin,
9: are you locked in? I've gone for Rafa. Rafa Mir. Rafa Mir. Stuart? Rafa Mir, 2 million. Rafa
1: Mir. Uh, i for the
9: Prince. You're going for the Prince, James? 2.25. The answer is...
1: Boderick Miranda was the most expensive out of those three.
9: Shoot, still I'm not. You are absolutely <laughs> useless.
1: The last question, gentlemen. Ben. So you I can
9: c- only draw.
1: You can only draw now. No
9: pressure. Woohoo! <laughs> there
1: is no tiebreaker, actually, so i have to think of a tiebreaker. Last question. The Litchgate, where the, st- the establishment we're here tonight, opened in August 2012. But what... It did, yeah. I mean, that feels like a lie yeah. based on the decor and <laughs> general aroma. But what lower league sides did Wolves beat in the League Cup that month? August 2012, we played two sides, lower league, in the League Cup. Who did Wolves beat? A point each? This could make the difference to a okay, tiebreak with cup. two bre- we teams, need two. two Two teams, a point each, lower league, in that month. Okay, I'm locked. John's locked in. I am locked in now. Uh, Stuart? Are you, maybe we're going to do 20 corner in a second. Well.
9: Stop it! <laughs> right, go. Hang
1: on. Is Stuart locked in? He
9: can't catch you anyway, can he? No, we okay. can get, yeah, if you can get a tiebreaker. Uh,
1: Stuart.
8: I've only got the one with all the shots.
1: One with all the shots, but you're going to just a wild guess?
8: No. I've no. We've, we played him in the league recently because it was weird. Okay.
1: Sure we have. Stuart's conceding your defeat but we're trying to get heroic points back um ben
9: i've gone for northampton yeah and shrewsbury northampton shrewsbury. and shrewsbury yeah, Wait for, for the Accurton answers
1: i northampton. northampton i can tell you all the shot was one of them oh well done shoot you got a point the other one was northampton which means that benjamin clack. you I'm win the quiz i'm fairly sure new did
9: the clack yeah, at northampton Sacco,
1: away. Sacco, Sacco's first goal.
10: yeah
1: yeah so that was the quiz, everybody. Well done, Benjamin, on episode 400. He takes a sweet point of victory. That's my
9: first <laughs> ever quiz win.
1: He wins the quiz, and we are getting to the final bit of the show now. And that is for microphones we need to change around. I need Jordan, Andy, and Roy. Roy is right there. Roy, I need you to have a microphone. Okay. Um, I need Jordan back. This is how organised the show is for the last bit. Jordan, come back, sir. Why right pass there? There, thank you, John. And we need Andy as well. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the organisation here We've got the last part of the show everybody It's time for qu- Twitter Corner You send us your questions on Twitter We answer them I'm going to pull up my
5: phone Dave you're doing well tonight by the way Thank you. This is a long shift you're having can I, yeah. can I
1: say I am desperate for the loop You must be Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to bring up Twitter Corner here I'm going to scroll back to the many, I mean, the many questions we've had this week. I mean, well, we've been not? inundated. 400? I mean, I, I mean, notifications are off the roof for Twitter <laughs> Corner this week. Uh, so thank you very much if you sent your question in. I'm going back, I'm going back, I'm going back, I'm going back. And we start with um, Zach Rushton24. Your favourite Nuno moment so far? What's your favourite Nuno moment so far?
5: Who are we going to go with? Should I go right? What do you go way? first? I just think Bristol City away. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, while well, I talk about that, I'm sure there'll be many others. But yeah, I just think the fact that he was in that director's box, and was it an ex-Bristol City manager that he offended? Yeah. A player was it? Sorry, too. yeah, that 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 was a moment. Um, there's, there's many more which I'll let the guys cover. But for me, yeah, Bristol City away was just like he was a pure fan in that stand
6: that night.
2: It was incredible him just screaming at some old man, though, wasn't it? It was yes. brilliant. <laughs> um, for me, it was probably the Leicester 4 3 where he came on the pitch. That, yeah. Because, I mean, I defy anybody who was close who wouldn't have done exactly what he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, it was just brilliant.
1: Anyone for you, Jordan?
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I just think Warnock.
6: Just. Yeah. Also yeah. for Warnock than Nuno. Like, Nuno was. Yeah, he ran on the pitch and stuff. And, uh, you know, he, he did, I think he reacted how you would react in that situation. I don't think he had been disrespectful to Warnock. No. And then, obviously, you got little Warnock going angry like the hobbit that he started, you know, giving him to, <laughs> telling him to F off and all this sort of stuff. I'll be respectful because we're in public. F off, not yeah, the word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, yeah, you know what? That two minutes was just fantastic. Just so, so
1: good. <laughs> uh, another question here from Miles HSG says Who was the best player in Wolves history and why is it remain Sace? I've grown
2: to adore that man yes I have the more and more I see him on the Twitter and what have you he's just he's a shithouse on and off the pitch and I love him for it he's kind of
5: carving out a little bit of a reputation isn't he I mean obviously on the pitch he's with his bookings but just kind of a bit of a character and I think at the time he was linked with some decent clubs. I'm sure. I might well be proven wrong, as I am many times on this. <laughs> that that was <laughs> <we're, he, laughs> yeah, Navinaki. That that, that, that mean, uh, Welsh centre half. This is a man that uh, Lambert wasn't playing. No, no, he wasn't. He, infamously, that kind of defined his reign. But I'm sure, like Barcelona or other clubs, were interested in at the time. Yeah. But yeah, it was. Um, yeah, but no. Say, so I mean, God, how can you answer that question seriously? I mean. How, how do you define the best play in history? But It remains safe. Let's, remain t- sace. Let, let let's talk go. about yeah. sace. it's safe. It remains yeah.
1: safe. Uh, another question. Paul Berry, friend of the show. Um, he's gone fancast topic-wise here. Just for you three gentlemen, uh, have you got any top three uh, fancast moments during the last 399 episodes? And Luke's here, everybody. Hey. We'll get Luke on in a second. We'll get Luke Thompson on in a second as well. Just have you got any favourite fancast moments at all? Um,
2: for me personally... The fact when we did the first ever film cast yep. as someone who failed or didn't fail but didn't see through their film degree, that was incredible. When I got to meet Jack Price, who I absolutely adore, that was great. And when we recorded a podcast in the South Bank and there was only us few gents and yes. it was empty, that was class.
5: Right, you got any personal memories at Very all quickly, from your time? For, for me, um initially kind of coming on to the, uh, the fan cast when I was just a, a mere fan and winning Richard Stearman's boots, that must rank up there. When I, when I came round your house and gave yes. you those boots, yep. Um, I would say, as we referenced in the live show, which is probably still available to listen to, uh, An- Andre- Andrea Butti and the Curtains incident, that was amazing. Um, and also, you know, on a serious note, the mental health podcast was, was fantastic. Uh, yeah. A John, you've only been here for a brief time. Is there anything
6: for you? <coughs> very much an Ubi, aren't I? I yeah. was going to actually reference what Hoopsha said there about... Not that was part of it, but the Elf show is absolutely fantastic to listen to and, you know, sort of taking... You know, this fancast is very much about Wolves, but there are obviously wider subjects and things. And, you know, to do a show like that or listen to a show like that and be part of a team that's talking about stuff like that, it's great to be part of. Um, for myself personally, was the Team of the Decade that we recorded yep, just around yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. me having an argument with Gully over whether we should pick Dave Edwards or Jeremy Tino <laughs> in the Team of the Year <laughs> and myself unfortunately losing but yep. you know what Dave forever
1: yep. I think for me it's still creating worldwide news with Mark Campbell, convincing him inverted yeah. commas was a Wolves fan and my uh, well the Twitter stream just blowing up every two <laughs> seconds with comments but that was fantastic before we get to the last question we l- we get Luke around here a second uh, Luke Thompson if you're a long time listener was on it for uh, quite a while handshake Luke well firstly Luke welcome back to the show Thanks for having me.
5: This this is lovely, by the way. This is
1: this is, this feels very comfy. <laughs> Luke, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I want w- w- the question we just had from Twitter corner is favorite fancast memories. Apart from Bolton away, of course, from me Oh God, yeah. Uh, is there any once when you did the show
11: at all? Anything that stood out at all for you? Um, no swearing.
1: Either. No swearing. Get the as
5: well. edit
11: button ready. Okay. One one thing for me which which stood out was. When we went to Bradford away, yeah, that yeah. was a nice memory, wasn't yeah. it?
1: Because we did, we were with the Bantam Banter's podcast. We got to do like a commentary of the episode, and us just winning was great, really. Yeah yeah, yeah,
11: yeah, yeah. But just the whole day, just being with you, Dave. Was, well, you know, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was a great drive there and back. Wasn't it? I, I remember the drive back, you know, uh, driving over the Yorkshire Dale, <laughs> and and just seeing the sunset. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> me and you in your Corsa. Then wasn't he? No, you were driving. You like were driving, yeah. Did have your course? Yeah.
5: Did he have any sweets for the journey? I'd imagine he would be a good sweet friend. Did they? have any no. no you Luke, Luke, Luke drove. Luke Luke you drove I sorry, I believe okay. so, yeah. Did you f- no, so. Yeah. Did you supply anything? <laughs> no, he no? supplied nothing.
11: No, really? nothing. It was a, no. a dry journey. <laughs> wow. Dry, but no, it was a really good day. Yeah, it was good. It was a good day. A new ground for me as well. I'd never been yeah. to a valley parade. Um, you calling the substitution which changed the game.
1: I remember that. I, I kept saying oh can you bring Kevin Doyle on. Two seconds later, yeah, yeah, Doyle yeah, comes yeah. on. Thanks, Kenny. Yeah. Thanks, Kenny.
11: Yeah. But uh, when we went to the um the blogging awards up in Manchester as but, well. What the award we won? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We'd never been mentioned before though. <laughs> <hasn't> <laughs> oh I'm not about that. <laughs> so, um that was a good but just it was it was good just getting together and just talking about the walls through yeah. the highs and the lows and you know it, uh, now you get a lot of oh, you have only been you only support them now because I'm good, but we've actually got audio evidence that we supported them when they were absolutely <laughs> terrible, yeah. and that's something people can never take away from us. So That's good. Thank you very much for
1: listening, everybody. Thank you very much for listening, not just for today, for all the episodes beforehand. We're going to carry on, whether you like it or not, 400 and beyond. Um, if you've been a listener just for today or you've been listening for the last few weeks or years, thank you very much. We all appreciate it. Well, John, thank you very much for everybody. We're all going to have some drinks now and celebrate and from me, day. and from everybody else goodbye everybody bye goodbye Bye-bye.
6: ciao